Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Where does Josh Giddy rank in this year's point guard class? Stay tuned and uh, we'll tell you. You are locked on the NBA draft. My name is Sam Ferris. I am one of your co-hosts. And as always, I am joined by my friend and the other member of the Draft Dummies. Cody, how's it going for you this afternoon? It's going great. Missing college basketball already, but we are full steam ahead with the end of the NBA season here. Uh, On today's show, we're going to talk about some point guard prospects not named Jalen Suggs or Davian Mitchell. So the first segment, we're going to break down Josh Giddey's game, the teenager out of Australia. Uh, The second segment, we're going to talk about Jaden Springer, the freshman from Tennessee. And then in the final segment, we're going to kind of compare and contrast those two uh, with Auburn point guard Sharif Cooper and we're going to give you a ranking of how we rank those three as of today. Uh, Sam, let's get started with Giddy. All right. So to kind of preface this, I'm very excited for this episode. I always love breaking down point guard prospects in terms of their ability to create. And I think these guys were very, very fun to watch. And let's start with maybe to me, one of my favorite prospects to watch in the draft uh, And that's Josh Giddey. To start with a couple high-level statistics, this year in the NBL, he is currently averaging 11 points. He's averaging 11, 7, and 6. And he's also second in the NBL in steals. And he also is one of the youngest prospects in the draft. He's basically tied with Rocco Percasin, Jaden Springer, and Jonathan Kaminga for being one of the youngest prospects uh, to be projected to be drafted in the first round. But Cody, let's get to what we've seen on tape from him. I'm excited because we haven't really talked about these two guys much together. So we're saving our takes for today. So where do you want to start with Josh Giddy? Well, I'm just going to start with the first thing that jumps off the film. And for me, that is just his craft, uh, his vision in the pace at which he plays. Uh, as you said already, he's one of your favorite prospects to watch, and it's hard not to love him just because of uh, just the amount of like spunk he plays with. Uh, he stands at 6'8", he's 205 uh, pounds. He's got great size already. Um, like you said, one of the younger prospects at 18 years old, he's still going to uh, develop physically. But yeah, his vision and his passion passion and his passing, uh, just the way he conducts himself out there is hard not to root for. Yeah, and for me, one of the first things that I wrote down, again, I had seen him play last year with the NBA Global Academy and in FIBA qualifiers. But over the past kind of week or so, I've been catching up on all his NBL film from last week. And yeah, it just stands out. He's borderline savant as a basketball player where we talked about Halliburton and and LaMelo from last class, where they just had that special ability to see the floor, to make plays. And it's a little bit the combination of 
something you're just born with that's just a natural gift. But also, these kids are just ballers. He's a kid that you can just tell watching him. He's played a ton of sports and a ton of basketball throughout his life. And there's multiple ways that that kind of manifests itself on the court. You know, for example, the passing. But also, he's such a good rebounder. And, you know, when I'm scouting him on film, I try to just watch him. And it's just impressive that before the shot goes up, he knows where the ball is going and you can see him already floating to that open space where he knows the ball is going to end up just the little things like that, where you can tell he's played a lot, a lot of basketball, whether it's in an organized setting or not. And he is just has that combination of savant level skill and also just that baller mentality, having played his whole life. Yeah. Well said. And one of my favorite point guards to coach, like the style of point guard, um, in my experience, has just been the kids that just play at their own pace. As we know, basketball is a game of runs. It's a game of highs and lows for each team. And the speed and pace of the game mostly affects you know, um, most players. But Giddy is a guy where no matter what's going on in the gym, he's home, he's away, his team's on a big run, the other team's on a big run, uh, it's frantic, it's slow, uh, whatever the case may be, Giddy is a guy that just plays at his own pace, he's doing his own thing, and he really controls the game. I think we've all seen uh, players like this that just seem uh, – to be locked in and they're kind of in their own different world and they're not as influenced by all the external factors. Uh, I get those vibes from him uh, right now at 18 years old. Agreed. And he's able to play at his own pace because of his feel for the game, but also at six, eight, he has a very, very good handle for a kid, his size and his age, you know, this young into his basketball development already has a really good handle. One of the things that, sticks out watching him play at his own pace, like you said, is, you know, you hinted at he doesn't get sped up. He's not the quickest player, obviously, but he has counters for every type of way that defenses pressure him. And one counter that he loves to get to is he loves to keep his dribble alive and he loves to get to his spin move. And his spin move covers a lot of ground because of how big he is. But I'm just impressed that this early in his career that he his handle is that tight and that advanced. And he has those counters to get to, specifically that spin move that I hinted out. And Cody, when you and I talk about point guards and we kind of look at the skill, I know one thing that you like to look at is, you know, sure, a player can be really good in transition, but what does a playmaker look like when they have to play in a crowd in a bit of traffic and it's not super easy, right? So what did you see from Josh Giddy in terms of his ability to play in traffic and play in a crowd? Well, I'd say he uses his pace well. As I said, he's never out of control. He has turnovers, but they're typically more of a Brett Favre. Uh, you lead the league in touchdowns, but you also lead the league in interceptions uh, where he's trying to make passes, but they're never out of control where he's barreling down a lane in traffic and uh, gets caught and is just real sloppy. I really like his counter moves. Uh, if he gets cut off in a crowded lane, like you said, he goes to that spin move and he covers a lot of ground. He's going to really benefit from the NBA not calling travels. I feel like he's gotten away with a few in the NBL. But uh, covers a lot of ground with that spin move. 
and he is just a step ahead, a step ahead of the defense. Um, those guys get into traffic, and from our perspective, it looked like uh, nothing's there. But then he looks the defender off with his eyes and anticipates throwing a guy open, a teammate, and uh, makes the play. Uh, but yeah, he he's under control. Uh, he's never flying down the lane at a hyper speed and um, the passing and his combination of finishing with both left and right hand uh, really sets him up well when it's uh, nice and crowded in the lane. I think he is the best passer in this class. And we talked about Sharif Cooper a couple episodes ago, and we're going to talk about him a bit more today. But the obvious advantage that Giddy has is his height, where he's probably seven, maybe eight inches taller. And we've talked about a couple times, but the best passers in the NBA, you kind of need to have that height in today's game to see over traps and double teams and to see the shooter in the weak side corner out of pick and roll. He has those things. And Cody, it really sticks out to me how he can pass both from a standstill, but on the move with both hands. I've seen him throw left-handed whip passes that it's just impressive you could even get that much velocity on him for a kid his that young and that size and so the variety of passes he can throw with both hands and with his height he's just got that special sense a bit like Lamelo that we saw last year yeah absolutely and before we get into break here uh, just to go over his shooting numbers he slashed 41 33 and 68 and uh, Sam, we have not talked about Giddy together, but I know we're both uh, a little concerned about the jumper just as far as the, the efficiency so far. But I think you're probably with me in that you like his base, you like his form. Uh, he's getting a little more uh, brave shooting off the bounce in some of these NBL games. And I'm not too concerned about the jumper. I think it'll continue to get better and better. Again, it's never going to be his thing. His thing is his uh, creation and playmaking. But I'm not overall. I'm not too concerned about the jumper. I think he has a long ways to come, but I think he'll get there. Yeah, just to put a stat to what you said over his over the last two months, the three point shot for him has been up at 42 percent. So that's something that has improved. I would agree though that I don't think he's really a natural jump shooter, but. I have seen him take step backs. I've seen him take pull-ups and I've seen him even shoot off screens and off movement. So he has shown that he can shoot different types of shots. I don't think it's going to be something that'll translate seamlessly necessarily right away at the NBA level, but just based on how good he is, the type of feel he has and just how good of a player he is, plus the improvement we've seen so far, I think it's safe to assume that he will at least be able to make the defenses respect him, which is the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can do that, that's just going to open up your ability to drive and get into the lane. Coming up next, we're going to evaluate Jaden Springer. And then in the final segment, we'll also compare both of these guys and rank them both. So stay tuned. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Locked On has partnered with Michelob Ultra to bring you the Ultra Player of the Week. And because we're a draft podcast, we figured we'd feature a top rookie as our Ultra Player of the Week. Michelob believes joy creates success, and this week's winner is Malachi Flynn. Flynn got his first start of the year and put up an impressive 20-11 in the Raptors' win. Michelob has some of their own stats as well, with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories per bottle. 
It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Our Ultra Player of the Week, Malachi Flynn. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get into our next point guard prospect. He's kind of a combo guard for Tennessee, and that is Jaden Springer. Yeah, so to start here, uh, I want to state that I really like Jaden Springer. I don't like him quite as much as Josh Giddy. And something interesting to me, Cody, is that the statistics and the analytics – you look at him and everything looks really good. However, I would say that he is one of the guys to me where the film and the eye test to me doesn't quite live up to the numbers. And I am a big numbers guy. I certainly use those. I mean, the listeners know that I have a couple deep dive stats in every episode, but I still do rely mostly on my eye test and my ability to evaluate. And I know you're the same, Cody. So to me, he is one guy where... Just to start out, I don't think the eye test in my evaluation quite lives up to the numbers on him. Would you be kind of in the same camp, Cody? And from there, where do you want to start on his game? Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And he slashed 46, 43, 81 this year. Uh, But that 43% from three was only 1.8 threes per game. He moves a, a little blocky for me. I do like his jump shot, and overall I would describe his game as solid, and I think he can be a solid shooter at the next level, but he's not as smooth of an athlete um, as I wish he were. But, um, yeah, I really just describe his game as solid, and because of that, I am not as high on him either. Uh, I do like Giddy's upside a little bit more. But I think Springer definitely has an NBA career in front of him. Yeah, and you talked about blocky and just a little robotic, maybe, I guess you could describe it. And the reason why is because he essentially will only play off of two feet. He's like exclusively a two-foot jumper. He has to always be like on balance straight over his feet and right over his base. And that really limits him offensively, but defensively I think he's really good as a prospect um so a couple numbers behind this Cody but one thing that sticks out alongside that kind of lack uh you know the necessity of jumping and playing off of two feet because of that to me he rarely rarely ever just kind of beats his guy and blows by him to the rim he really doesn't create much of an advantage for himself or for teammates is that something that you also saw on film Cody Yeah, absolutely. He's great at getting into the lane, uh, as most players are, off like a ball reversal or a kick out or just within the flow of the offense. Gonzaga's guards are really good at that, too, when they're running their motion offense. Uh, And Springer, he's kind of the same way. He's not a guy that's going to have a live dribble out top and beat his man off the dribble. Uh, He needs that crease that's created from the offense, and then he gets in there. And like you said, two-foot guy, uh, he puts on a clinic for jump stops. Like uh, He'd be great film to show high school players on just getting into the lane and coming to a controlled jump stop and going from there. Um, So that's some of the things I've noticed with him too. 
Yeah, and the jump stops are good sometimes, but sometimes he just does it because he needs to, because he can't really beat his guy. And so I went, I've watched a lot of his games. One that really stood out, though, was against Kansas, where, you know, he's playing against good athletes and rarely did he get to the rim. And I cut the film on all of his, like, isolation or creation attempts. And there were basically every single one he's forced to pick up his dribble around the free throw line. And he kind of pivots, can't really get an advantage, and then has to elevate into his kind of, you know, elevate off of two feet into the mid-range jumper which he does a lot. And the numbers back that up where, you know, we talk about shot mix sometimes, right? Where, where do these guys get their shots from? And half the battle with being efficient is a good shot mix, you know, taking shots at the rim and at the three point line. And for Jaden Springer, the shot mix isn't great. He takes almost half of his shots. I think 48% are on long twos, you know, compared to a guy like Sharif Cooper, where only 22% of his shots come on twos outside of the paint. And to put another number to that, I looked at the number of rim attempts per 36 minutes. Uh, Jaden Springer only gets to the rim three times per 36 minutes, whereas Sharif Cooper, again, around seven. And I think that is where, you know, the film meets the eye test with him, where he, he settles and he just out of necessity because of, playing off two feet like he does he, he's forced to take a lot of pull-ups and he does it okay but it's going to be very difficult to be efficient like that in the NBA so I don't really see him as much as a primary guy but like you said he's going to play off of creases and advantages created by others against the scrambled defense is where I think he's going to be most successful yeah agreed uh, I do not see him driving an NBA offense at all and to his credit uh, he did finish 65.8% of his attempts at the rim, which is respectable. But like you said, those numbers kind of belie what is actually happening on the court. Um, I'm, I'm with you there with him um, 100%. And just to get back to how good his numbers are, he's a very young freshman, one of the youngest in the nation. And I don't, you could argue he was the best player for Tennessee. He led them in scoring second, I think, in box plus minus. And on Bart Torvik, the site we use quite a bit, you can click on the player. So you can click on Jaden Springer, and it'll show you the closest statistical comparisons for the season they just had. So I'm going to lead you, read you, Cody, the list of names that, you know, they kind of have their own system of how they grade these guys. They deemed Jaden Springer's closest statistical comparisons to be John Wall, De'Aaron Fox, SGA, OJ Mayo, and Derrick Rose. And so you look at that and you're like, holy crap, is this kid a top five pick? And that's to me where the rubber meets the road a little bit. And I'm like, I don't see him at all really in that group of prospects. I loved SGA. Uh, and I love, I mean, that group of guys is like a who's who of the best freshman guards in college basketball over the last 10 years. Yeah. And it's really interesting because Springer started the year on the bench. He wasn't starting games. He wasn't getting amount of minutes as a lot of Vols fans thought he should. Same with Keon Johnson. And then over the second half of the season, I mean, he was being pretty efficient. He averaged 12 points on the year. But if you take in those just kind of the last second half of the season, it was much more after the slower start. So it's interesting. The numbers look great. Um, watch the games that 
though, and I am just not too enthralled with it. I do not see him as a top 10 pick on my board right now. Where do you kind of have him generally? Well, we will get to that coming up next, where we will actually rank all of our players. But first, let's get to a break. So Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I will stand by that. I'm not really a guy that loves protein bars too much. I just generally don't really love the taste, but it is different with Built Bar, and that's why I like it. They are all covered in chocolate, which I love, and they have a lot of different flavors, so a lot of options, including six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. So I love the taste, and then combine that with how healthy they are, and Built Bars are great for health-conscious guys like us. They can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. So because you're listening to us, we can give you a promo code at BuiltBar.com. So go ahead and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over now, so is college basketball, but the NBA and NHL are still in full swing, and Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered in news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to their website or use your mobile device and sign up today and use promo code locked on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Yep, that's us. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Cody, so this is the fun part. We're going to rank these three guys, and we're including Sharif Cooper in here, even though we did discuss him in a previous episode. These are the guys normally considered to be the next kind of group of point guard prospects or, you know, guard-sized prospects after Jalen Suggs. Um so let's get into kind of our ranking of these three players, Cody, and then we'll go from there if you have a couple questions for me and maybe evaluate them compared to a couple guys from last class. But Cody, do you kind of have your mind made up on your order here? Or are you still kind of fighting over this? Still fighting over it a little bit. I, to start, I'll just say I have Springer at number three. I think he has an NBA future. I think he could be a legitimate role player, but he's going to have to just be a lot more fluid and really improve in his uh, body mechanics and just get into the rim, being able to finish, being able to shoot off the dribble. Right now, I just see him as a kind of a more of a project and a guy that uh, could potentially be, you know, a really solid role player. Yeah, same there for me. We didn't get to get into the defense, but that's kind of where I like Springer the most. Moves his feet really well, plays with some force, and is really good at contesting shots. His steal and block rates were both very good as well. So I, I like him long-term, still very young, 
And it's just hard to bet against a guy that, that was that was that successful in college at that young of an age. So I view him as well as the third best prospect out of this group pretty easily. And I think I would have him probably in the middle to later in the first round, probably in kind of the 14 to 20 range, Cody. Uh, are you kind of far off from there? Is that kind of in line with where you're at as well? Yeah, I would say definitely not the lottery for me personally. So any time after that, depending on the team needs. Uh, yeah, and we should have mentioned too, his his build is great. And so I do like him defensively too. He's a really strong kid, uh, 6'4". He'll be able to guard a lot of the uh, backcourt players. So yeah, for me right now, probably anywhere 14 to 30 as just a very wide range. Yeah, I guess kind of one of my hot takes is I like him as much as Davion Mitchell long-term, even as a defensive prospect. It seems like those guys that play off of two feet, you know, it limits them offensively, but he has no problem moving his feet defensively. So I think that's good with our analysis on Springer. I think we both have him third, middle to late first round guy. Um, But the more interesting one, Cody, is the Sharif Cooper versus Josh Giddy debate because... They're both kind of like these special creator passers with some interesting holes in their game in terms of projecting them to the NBA level. But one is six, eight and one is six foot. And so it's kind of fun to to debate and analyze these two. Do you have a feeling right now as to which guy you prefer projecting over the next 10 years in the NBA? I really don't. Uh, I might have to hear your arguments and maybe you'll sway me one way or the other, but uh, I I really like both. They both have brilliant basketball minds. Like they both understand the game and pass so well. I think they're both going to have NBA careers. And what I will say about both of them too, is I think it's going to be easier for them next year. uh, Once they get acclimated to the NBA, there's just so much space uh, and the defense is so hard in the NBA now with not, being able to really touch guys uh, defensively. So I think both of them are really going to benefit from that. Uh, Cooper is so undersized, as we know, but we're seeing more and more smaller players really flourish on offense still just because of you know the pace and the space. And then Giddy, he's a little slow-footed, uh, but we've seen other taller, slower prospects. Uh, Luca is deceptively quick and obviously... I mean, one of the most talented players in the world. Not not comparing Giddy to him, but we have seen guys that maybe aren't as quick as their peers in the NBA be able to flourish in in that space as well. Lamelo went from the NBL where he really struggled shooting wise, and it was crowded, and obviously was having a tremendous rookie season this year. So I think Giddy and Cooper uh, can both flourish in today's NBA, uh, given you know four or five years for them to get acclimated. I really like both. I can't decide on which one will be higher at this point. What are you thinking? Okay, so for you, it's a little, you're still up in the air. For me, I do have Josh Giddy pretty comfortably ahead for a couple different reasons. Number one, I mentioned just the height at 6'8". Uh, I, I guess you could say I would take the height over the quickness in a vacuum. Again, that's totally dependent on situation. But yeah, we, we've just seen that you know, if he doesn't necessarily make it as a primary guy, the fact that he is that big and that young 
there's a chance he could grow into a guy that is big enough to be able to defend and kind of play other positions and find another role. But if he does make it as a primary guy, you have to have that height to be the elite of the elite in terms of passing. Like Sharif Cooper can be a top 10 passer in the NBA. I mean, Chris Paul is there and other guys of that ilk. But I do think that gives him an edge. And then moving into kind of other important aspects of their game, I think it's slightly more likely that Josh Giddy becomes a better shooter than, than Cooper based on my evaluation to this point. I also think it's slightly more likely he becomes a better kind of finisher and player in the paint on offense compared to Cooper as well. And I just think that Giddy has a little bit more of that it factor that just savant level just baller inside of him where it's just you know you you know special when you see it right to me giddy has that and so i think we're seeing giddy rise up boards right now there are question marks with him but i think i would argue that he has the fourth highest kind of realistic ceiling in this class you know outside of Mobley, Green, and Cunningham, I would argue that Giddy has the fourth highest ceiling if he hits kind of a 90th percentile outcome. Um, is that too crazy for you, Cody? No, that's not too crazy for me at all. I'm sure for others it might be out there, but uh, I, and I agree with what you say. I think Giddy uh, defensively as well. So you listed a few things there, finishing and shooting that he kind of has a better likelihood of uh, achieving. I think defensively, too, just at that size, I think Cooper is not going to be a plus defender, even though I really do like him laterally. Um, I just don't know if his player type, a guy that needs the ball more of the Trey Young type, uh, generally haven't been great defenders, and he is just so small. But I will say there's just something with Cooper where – uh, just his ability to penetrate. And I, both guys are amazing passers, so I hate comparing them both because um, they're both just that tier one for me. But Cooper just has some flair and just some uh, it factor for me that I really like and I can't quite shake. So I agree with your reasoning. Uh, I think that's smart. I think Giddy probably will end up higher on my board. But for some reason, maybe it's just me being a fanboy, but I, I love Cooper and can't quite uh, drop him yet. Yeah, and I, I like Cooper more than the consensus, too. And I think this is really interesting and fun that um, the reason that I have Giddy a little bit higher is the same reason that you kind of like Cooper. I mean, I see that special. You just know it when you see it with Giddy and you kind of have that with Sharif Cooper, too. And I think they both have it. I would just say that Giddy. Yeah, I. I think that's really interesting. We kind of fall a little bit on different sides of the coin there. And I don't know exactly where Giddy is going to land with me, but I am definitely above the consensus. He is going to be in that tier to me where it's five through nine. That five spot is just wide open for me. I don't, nobody has really stuck out as, you know, blowing me away. But uh, Giddy is definitely in the group with Moody and with Franz Wagner and with Keon Johnson and is probably the most likely to be the number five. If I had to rank him, uh, he's probably up there, but certainly in that tier outside of that top four guys for me. I like it. And this would be a good time to emphasize uh, 
some of our listeners, if you've listened to us over at the Draft Dummies, then you've probably heard this, but I don't think we've really discussed it much uh, since we joined Locked On here. Sam and I are not afraid of hot takes because if you go back and look at every single draft class all the way back into the 70s, you'll see that NBA teams and experts and people that cover the draft, everyone gets it wrong every single year. And so why not just go with your gut? If you're going to be wrong, be wrong on your own accord. So for me, it's not a hot take at all. If Sam has Giddy, you know, all the way up to number five when it's all said and done after those other four. Um, so that's just how we like to roll. Uh, we always get the draft wrong. We'll continue to get it wrong. Uh, so just go with what you see and your evaluation and try not to be influenced by popular opinion or whatever else um, on social media. And so I don't know if I'll have Giddy that high, but I totally see Sam's perspective and he makes really good points. And I definitely agree with him that if Giddy reaches his higher outcome, uh, the six, eight playmaking there, he's going to surpass a lot of the guys in this draft class. Yeah, and to finish, Cody, do you have kind of a feel maybe for a range for these two guys, or are you still kind of open and evaluating a lot of different guys at this point? Well, I will say that I like Cooper a little more than than the consensus. You do kind of see him all over, but I actually like him in the late lottery. And Giddy, I'm feeling the same way right now. I really like Josh Giddy for all the reasons we've talked about. And so I don't know if I'd have him up into the mid-lottery yet, but maybe late late lottery for both, and I guarantee you it's going to change a ton before the draft comes. Awesome. Well, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter, at Draft Dummies. And as always, we would invite you to listen to the other hosts on this station. And I think they do a phenomenal job. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast and just uh we thank you guys again for tuning in yep thank you you guys have a good one and we'll see you next week